swords with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads where bandits are. Catacombs and giant doors protect the chest of stores and legendary items with the dragon bones and iron It's horse. a grand theft of Elder Scrolls, Simon's quest with Toe and Earl, rocket shoes to every clue, Easter eggs and gaming news. The POTUS need some bad dudes to crash a crew like Bandicoot. All shit a game in English, control issues. Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes y'all. y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A Dub. You can find us at control issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for Control Issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it. Uh, head on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure and pop on over to Twitter. My control issues is the handle AMC. How you living? Living well. Don't really have much to discuss this week. My life has never been so, I guess, video game centric <laughs> as it is right now. Um, we'll say recording this on Father's Day. Got got some got some cards from the kids. It was it was it was sweet. <laughs> Happy Father's Day. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. I um, keep forgetting that like the homies and my siblings are like, or at least my sister, like married and mothers and fathers yeah. <laughs> and it's just like those little holidays come along and i'm just standing right next to the homie like my sister and just like what <laughs> i'm like oh that's right you're a mother you've been one for seven years yeah. <laughs> uh yeah so yeah, sorry for interrupting <laughs> yeah no 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 that's good um got some cards this morning that was sweet but yeah it's We'll get into what you've been playing, but what you what you've been playing, what I have been playing, has been dominating my entire week. So, how has your week been, Ada? Oh man, uh, a little better. No unexpected episodes. <laughs> I'm eating mm-hmm. eating a bit more, getting more sleep, nice. feeling rested and rejuvenated. And, you know, you finally broke the kettlebell out of the closet, so putting that back into nice. the rotation. Nice. Yeah, I get you. I, I gotta get back down, man. I, I look at my closet all the time. It's just a bunch of stuff I can't wear. And I was like, I can't have this. This, this can't be the way. This isn't the <laughs> way. But yeah, so getting that back together and having a single game also dominate all my what you've been playing time. So I think we can roll right into it. So A-Dub, what have you been playing? Nothing but Diablo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it was getting a little discouraging for a while because with my build, there were two things that were happening that I was not satisfied with. Uh, for one, the butcher just kept whooping my ass, and like, like not even, not even like close. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. like, it's like he shows up, I run around, he catches up to me, <laughs> he <murders. laughs> can't outrun his ass. <laughs> can't can't outrun him. Can't freeze him. Can't chill him. <laughs> like everything. Everything I built my character around doesn't work on the butcher. So it's just a straight up slugfest. And he's he has fists and I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. So yeah, there's the issue with the butcher. And then another thing that was happening was that I took on the the capstone dungeon to get to world tier four 
uh, it, it's a level 70 to 100 dungeon or 70. It's basically a level 70 dungeon. I took it on a level 65, got to the got to the boss, was doing my thing, one shot, dead. I was like, whoa, okay. Maybe I need to be a little more careful, watch out for something. Went back in, fighting him, one shot, dead. I was like, oh, okay. I see why it's a level 70 dungeon. So I came back around level 69 figured that it'd be enough of a difference with the um with the damage reduction since I closed the level gap that hey maybe I can beat it this time went in got to the boss got him down to a quarter of his health and one shot dead I was like god damn <laughs> what is going on so I was just like whatever I'll, I'll just come back later started running a bunch of dungeons you know getting my renown up getting those free those three Paragon points up in my ovals. And yeah, I was just running nothing but dungeons. The the uh, the butcher shows up and, you know, I'm running around. He didn't insta-kill me. It's like, I can keep a little distance, keep my barriers. I was like, okay, wait a minute, do a little damage. So I'm like, hold on. Something's dancing. Dancing. <laughs> Going around the pillar. <laughs> Trying to get him stuck in the geometry like anything. <laughs> so... But yeah, just somehow put it together. The health, his health just kept coming off. Like I was running through my potions, but I get him to the mark. Some potions will pop out. Like, okay, still in it. Just say, keep, keep your composure. Keep going. Eventually took that ass down. <laughs> Finally beat the butcher for the first time. And then something very interesting happened following that. So I would say at least every other time, I I went into a dungeon, the butcher showed up. So I was like, oh, so I finally I finally gave him a little bit of his own medicine and now he's coming back for revenge. Like every other dungeon, I would do one, clear it. Next one, the butcher. Do one, clear it. The next one, the butcher. The next one, the butcher. It's like, damn. But I had something going for me that I didn't realize at the time. It was um because I was on World Tier 3, the the enemy max level is 70 basically. So I was like 72. So I had a little edge on the butcher. And then eventually I went and took that little advantage, beat the capstone dungeon, upped it to world tier four. Now there's like bigger mobs, mobs with more elites in them running around. Like it now it feels like, all right, now we're playing some Diablo. <laughs> and yeah, man, the butcher shows up. <laughs> so it's just back to square one but at least i'm getting better gear now um i'm finding things that are like really giving me significant increases in power my paragon boards are filling up i'm starting to play the game now where i'm deciding like all right what order do i want my boards to go in what orientation maybe i should swap these two glyphs around i'm going to expand the radiuses so they can do things over here and enhance these abilities which give me more power than if i left it this way yeah oh, man it's just it's great it's so like it's the rough edges are smoothed out and everything's mixed together a lot better uh, especially with like you know the hell title sweep in and go in there get your resources get you get your currency so that you can go and open the special chest and find the chest of mysteries just get a pile of legendaries to sift through and you know, just finding all kinds of nuances. Like, I don't believe you can apply a low-level legendary aspect to a high-level piece of gear. 
So there's just certain restrictions and barriers that you run up that you run up against in there. And just finding the synergy with your build as well as the the different aspects that you're stacking on top of it. Now the unique equipment is starting to drop a little more regularly. So I can start to see what those kind of one-off pieces of equipment are. You only have one-off, but start to see what those can do to affect my gameplay and just try different things, spreading all that crowd control around, freezing them, blowing them up. Oh, so good. So great. So I'm currently, I believe I'm level 76. Mm. Yeah. Max is a uh, hundred, you said? Max is a hundred. Mm-hmm. I've done all the renowned challenges. Now I'm going through and clearing all the dungeons that that have an aspect as a prize. I'm running nightmare dungeons to upgrade my sigils, going in the hell tide, of course, taking on world bosses, doing this event called uh it's like the gathering legions, where just all the homies show up and go through this like it's just this ongoing route of encounters with big mobs of big ass enemies and just go through it and at the end you get three big chests full of um full of stuff so it's good stuff going through these dungeons leaning toward the screen looking at the detail i mean i could go on and on about diablo 4 you know it isn't without its issues sometimes the servers are still a little dodgy yeah. as they're as they're they're figuring things out yeah. so it's, it's no big deal people getting upset about stuff getting nerfed i know there was a situation with the barbarian where they had to disable two of the, the legendary aspects that played with that system because the whirlwind was just too powerful yeah. you're not supposed to be beating uber lilith like that yeah. <laughs> right into the butcher with the whirlwind <laughs> Exactly. Run through everything with the whirlwind. For a while before they did that disabling, it was like it every time you see a barbarian, whirlwind, whirlwind, whirlwind. <laughs> it's like fellas, if you don't want them to nerf things, maybe play different things every now and then instead of all just gravitating toward the OP. What's the OP game. build? What's the, the OP, OP build? build? What's the best build? Um, just starting the game, what's the best build? It's like <laughs> figure it out. After <laughs> like fifty to one hundred hours, put your time in. But it, that, that's a that's a different story. Anyway, AFC, what have you been playing? <laughs> uh, I'll keep this quick because we got a hard out. But um, yeah, I've been supposed to be playing, you know, mixing in two games, that being Diablo and Stardew Valley. But as I mentioned last <laughs> week, I made a tactical error by introducing Stardew Valley to the girlfriend games pick of the week and. Mm-hmm. That that's become the pick of my lifetime because <laughs> so you so you had the pizza you wanted like sauce and cheese it's just all sauce <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh it's crazy I mean the game is absolutely phenomenal so I'm not really complaining like it's 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 so good it's it's why it's all we're all it's why it's the primary focus like we we, we were watching uh what Moon Knight and other shows <laughs> and. We haven't touched any of that. Um, right, canceled date night. <laughs> just so we can play some Stardew Valley. Staying up until one, one in the morning to play Stardew Valley. Like it's it's crazy. It's completely like just changed up the entire like makeup of like of our downtime when the kids are like asleep or, or you know doing their own thing and we we have time to game. Um, which I'm absolutely loving because yeah, it's. It's a game that just continues to grow, but it's like all in its systems. So it's just like you start out, you got the farm, 
built up we built up like little bits of the farm watering the plants oh we got now we got some resources we've got the sprinklers now sprinklers can water the plants because now we can focus on building up the livestock got the got the coop got the barn so we got that going now we got the livestock coming in so we got eggs coming we got an it's (laughs) by building up the community center now we got an uh, a mayonnaise maker so we take the eggs from the chickens to make mayonnaise we could sell the mayonnaise Got get resources mayonnaise from that. <laughs> yeah, we, we made a preserves thing so now we're making jelly on the side at the same time while tapping trees for maple syrup and pine tar and oak resin <laughs> and this is all while going to the mine getting getting all the ores so that we have gold and iron and copper and iridium and like uh, what other precious like materials that can be either used to um create things or that can be sold for for money to then spend on other things and on top of all that there's just like this narrative going on with the town and like we're getting getting um you know building up relationships with the different npcs throughout the world um learning all the other different side jobs what's great is as you're building up a trait so say like i'm in the mine as i'm building up a mine like you you level up and your axe profi- your pickaxe proficiency will build but then on top of that you'll hit like certain levels and on that you can choose professions within that so it's like i'm a miner but i'm now a geologist and there's like geologist perks versus mining perks and then you keep building from there and like if you're a fisherman you could be a fisherman or a trapper the trapper um i mean if you choose to be a trapper, you can still fish. And if you choose to be a fisherman, you can still trap. It's just you don't get the the bonuses of those specific skills. Um, and so, yeah, there's just systems on systems on systems. And it's it's just the most addicting game that, like, I've played in so long. And, yeah, it's completely just taken over our lives. And I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. But it's unfortunate because there's a casualty in the process, and that is Diablo 4. So hopefully I'll be able to get to that soon. But... It is what it is. But A-Dub, we don't have a lot of time and we have a ton of news. So let's get right into this topic of the week. Topic of the week? Yes. The topic of the past two weeks. Yeah, because last week we ended it. We recorded on a Saturday and we were saying like uh, this Xbox game show. Oh, not Xbox. The was it the summer games fest absolutely awesome but tomorrow we have the xbox showcase xbox is coming out greasy talking about how they're not going to be doing this and that mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, quite claiming games from the other showcases yeah and then you know there's all the the starfield speculation like what what's going to bury starfield if they don't meet these parameters and yada yada, yada. they got to show up and show out we don't know about todd Hart, todd howard he might need to leave the leather jacket at home because he's not the same todd howard well, he left that leather jacket at home, but he is, he, and he is not the same Todd Howard because he has ascended <laughs> to another level of Todd Howard. Dude, he is shaman level. Like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Just Todd like Howard, he's, I don't know, maybe it, it's like maybe that second act or something. <laughs> Is he, just an, is he just an instinct where he's not even thinking as a developer? <laughs> I think it's just coming out of him. He's oozing <laughs> from him to his staff. <laughs> I think the creation engine has reached a level where it's kind of a self-sustaining thing. It's just like, <laughs> what What do we want to make? Let me just put it in there. It'll, <laughs> it'll do it. We finally got it where we need it to be. <laughs> yeah, so Xbox had a showcase. We obviously had the, uh, the, the Starfield Direct. So, hey, Dub, let's just get right into it. Um, I guess we can lead off with the Xbox Showcase, or if you want to do the Starfield Direct, um, you know how we do it. Oh, we, oh no, we're we saving that Direct. Yeah, okay. So, let's let's start out with the Xbox Showcase, um, some games that, you know, 
some notable games that caught our eye and you know discussing all that so you want to lead off a dub with the first game that caught your interest well of course microsoft had no other choice than to lead off with the game that's been on the tip of everybody's tongues for months now lead it to the show open up boom playground games you already know what it is <laughs> they, they show your boy with the glasses on doing the narration talking about what's going on they show your girl with the sword the adventurer going through town wreaking havoc being a general jackass, you know, you know how it goes in these kind of games. Uh, real heavy on the British humor. Later, we come to find that the dude who's narrating is a giant, and the adventurer girl is in his house, and he don't like that none too much. So <laughs> a battle ensues. Next thing you know, it is implied that old girl brought the giant down, <laughs> and then that—that's our taste of fable. Uh, within it. A lot of CG elements as well as some, well, not CG elements, but in-engine elements as well as what looks like snippets of raw gameplay that show like, hey, the look of the cinematic portions of the game aren't that far off or dissimilar from the gameplay portions. So, yeah, it looks like there's not really a lot to show when it comes to Fable, but just seeing it in motion, getting an idea of what the art style is, what the the production value is going to be like that was enough for me because now i have something to base my hype and anticipation on you know i gotta see how it's gonna take shape looks like you're still gonna be kicking chickens and having people making snide remarks to you as you walk by in the forest so good old fable action i want are we still gonna age that's a good question so we'll see what happens with that but amc how did you feel about finally seeing fable in motion yeah, I know very little about Fable, so it's kind of cool. It was like almost like a reintroduction to the franchise from my perspective. Um, yeah, I always thought of it just as like a, a traditional, you know, just fantasy series. But I, I didn't realize, you know, Fable, it's steeped in Fable. And so, yeah, seeing that, you know, the the was it Jack and the Beanstalk thing going on. So I imagine, hilarious. yeah, so just think about the different things that you could run into based on, you know, just common fable i guess lore that we are aware of um out in the world like the uh the big bad wolf and things like that um yeah it's absolutely awesome uh and so yeah i'm i'm pretty pumped to see what happens here i know like yeah a discussion that we had was uh you know there are some you know, they're all the concerns with this showcase and one of them that like i had heard was you know like you know phil spencer had mentioned there were, there was going to be collections and so people were speculating oh is, is it going to be a fables collection um but yeah happy, that was a little worrisome <laughs> yeah but happy to see that you know they're just doing a straight up new fable game and so uh it looked awesome uh I, i'm totally as far as tone goes i'm all in as far um with like you know the humor slash action slash you know drama it was great seeing you know the little snippets of action with the the giant as you're getting smacked around dodging hand smacks and everything everything that you would expect from a, a giant character trying to snuff you out um and that's only just one little snippet of the game i imagine that there's a lot more going on so as far as trying to sell me on a world to dive into yeah fable had all that and so i i thought it was dope and definitely a great way to lead off this showcase as far as what to expect as far as you know the new and the old of xbox we know the master chief we know the gears the gears of war those have been around um even like forza's but um yeah nice to see the return of fable uh to the modern generation and i, I was pretty pumped 
Yes. Or AMC. Yes. What's the next game? So this is one that caught me um, not by surprise, but you know, caught my interest from a developer that you know I haven't had a ton of interest in. That being Compulsion Games, um, their game being South of Midnight. So this is a developer of We Happy Few, a game that when I when it was first revealed, I was like, okay, we got something going on here. And then the more I saw from it, I was like, mm, I'm a you know, I'm gonna just I'm gonna ignore that one. Uh, and so to, it was interesting to see what they were going to be working on. And so from this perspective, this was a straight up just trailer as trailer cg um no 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 gaming no um no idea of how the game will work but as far as tone and setting it had everything that would interest me and so i'm gonna read the uh the ign write-up south of midnight a brand new ip from we happy few in contrast developer compulsion games uh, was announced at today's Xbox showcase. The cinematic trailer was pretty mysterious, just showing off some gorgeous American South vibes with a touch of magical realism. Xbox revealed it in an interview post posted in its blog today, saying it's a third person action adventure that will follow Hazel, who was introduced in the trailer as she tracks down supernatural creatures that have spilled into the world. Um, it'll take place in a fictionalized swath of the U.S. inspired of the U.S. inspired by the more than interesting geological, topographical, cultural, societal, historical areas of the South. Um, so yeah, just based off of all of that, it had some uh, just interesting stuff going on there. They, you know, we've seen with uh, what was it with Mafia Three, a take on you know the South, but um, I like that this is going to go from a more supernatural perspective while also you know diving into some of the things that are going on into the south um from a personal thing seeing you know uh an african-american character and so to see maybe how they're gonna use some of the um the historical aspects from you know the african-american side cultural side of the south as opposed to you know what we usually get um that's also interesting to me that's uh pulling my interest not sure what to expect from this game but just from a tone and setting um perspective it's it's definitely got my interest how about you adub when you saw this trailer yeah i didn't know what to think because we've never seen at least i've never seen a game that's dealt with that kind of subject matter just that that voodoo bayou kind of mm -hmm. stuff it was mm -hmm. like what is happening here absolutely love the art style the the difference in size between what i'm guessing is the main character and homeboy playing the guitar was Yet another thing that's like, okay, something's obviously going on here. So I don't, I don't know a lot about Southern culture and, you know, urban legends and myths and, and folklore, <laughs> but this game instantly sold me on that. I just want to see it in motion. Uh, it's creepy. It's dark is, but it has character, it has levity. So yeah, I'm very interested. I, I just want to see like, gameplay and get to see get to see more of it get to get an idea of what kind of game it is uh, it would be very interesting for me. yes sir well a dub what's the next game that caught your your interest what's the next game that caught my interest let me scrub here well that didn't catch my interest <laughs> mm -hmm. there was a well South Midnight, you talked about that. We'll say that. What really caught my interest was the like the kind of gameplay overview for the career mode in Forza Motorsport. So it's they're really leaning into the car PG stuff where it's it's in most car games, you 
take a car, you drive, you win, you get money, you buy another car, you drive in tougher races, make more money, buy a better car to keep perpetuating that loop. And Forza Motorsport, which there's there's no number after that, so it's a reboot. In Forza Motorsport, like you drive the car, but your understanding of the car and your ability to drive it improve as you're driving. So every lap, it's comparing like your performance in a turn to your previous performance. And it's like, oh, you did better here, experience. Ah, you did better here, experience. You move faster here, experience. <laughs> yeah, you just, you're leveling up your car and then that unlocks the things that you could put on the car. And you put those things on the car, it makes the car faster. And then you go into bigger races and then you unlock more stuff. So it's really, it's a lot more car centric, which immediately just, it caught my attention because Again, it leans into that idea of it being a car PG. And also it's it's different. Um, so used to the tried and true formula from you know racing games past where it's just earn money, buy cars, here's some free cars, here's some free money, buy more cars, earn more money. But now this seems to change that up a bit. Um, I've been in Forza for a very long time, I believe. I played Forza three and four. So they they won my heart. Uh, I was not enough to be in the Xbox ecosystem for the long haul. So 360 era, I was done, but back with the Series X, Forza Horizon 5, killing it. Now we got Motorsport and looks like it's going to be a worthy reboot to the series, bringing just a redefined focus and, and new mechanics all the same. AMC, I've never known you to be on the car games. So what is Forza Motorsport doing for you? Um, you know, on a personal level, not a lot, just not big into card games, but always interested in like what's going on with Forza, especially like, you know, you see Horizon, it's all about the setting. So that's, um, that has its own appeal, but then the more traditional, you know, just I'm in this for the racing, uh, then you get motorsport and looking at this, just obviously it's everything that you expect from, you know, from that franchise, which is just a completely beautiful game, um, I was interested by some of the the changes that you said that they were they were doing as opposed to the the heavy focus on just unlocking cars, um, mm -hmm. building up your cars. So that 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 part because I you know I like the idea of like just sitting there and, and tweaking what you, like picking what you like and then tweaking it, like um, as opposed to just constantly just like switching it up. Uh, so yeah, all that all that aspect interested me. Um, obviously, the date was important. I know that that was a game that was pushed pushed back and so there was there was a bit of concern when it was going to drop if it was going to drop within the year how soon maybe it was going to get pushed to november yada yada so i'm pleasantly surprised to see that it was coming out in october so sooner than later and what is just slowly you know stacking up to just be a packed end or fall when it comes to just gaming so people have their hands like they're gonna have a little bit of everything going on like you got your your car game, you got your space game, like it's just that's fight game. Got your fighting game, got your tactics game. Like there's just so much going on that like it's absolutely beautiful and just daunting. Just knowing that like for people who have to do this for a living and try to play everything and then you know figure out what's the best of them. Uh, I do not uh, envy you because you got to make all the time in the world to you know give all these games a fair shot and not just you know just settle on. Well, I played this one game, so I'm gonna just go with this. <laughs> and then be able to 
just sever the bond and move on to the next project, even when one of these is your favorites. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, I got to stop playing for it. <laughs> got to yeah. get on out of the way, too. Yeah, it's insane. Um, so, yeah, look, looks cool. Can't wait to see you play it and can't wait to watch it. And yeah, just see what this game has to offer because uh, I can't wait to shred those tracks to pieces, man. They they did a <laughs> there was an extended show, which is where I got a lot of the information where they just really went in depth with what they're doing. And like they broke it down simple. It's like it's no longer about you getting this wide selection or this big garage of cars. It was just too much rewards too fast. This time it's about it's about the car. <laughs> it's like, yes, thank you for finally getting it. <laughs> finally getting it. Just all those other forces. It's just too much, too fast, too easy. Like, I shouldn't go from having a little, you know, just a, a little compact car to suddenly having a a one-off Aston Martin in the course of a day. Like, that shouldn't, that should never occur. So, <laughs> yeah more of a gradual workup build up the cars build up your your skill with them your relationship with them just getting deep <laughs> getting more serious <laughs> put better parts on it change it up the livery <laughs> yes oh but amc what's the next game for you uh i'm gonna lump in three games with a, a focus on one one game so with you know with xbox one of the uh the knocks has been especially when you're when you're looking across the aisle is you're, you're sitting there and you're like oh playstation they have this incredible relationship with square enix they, they got all the jrpgs we're, we're we're lacking in this category i mean i'm enjoying all this other stuff but where are my jrpgs i want my waifus <laughs> and so you know, it was interesting. Jim Ryan sitting in the audience with a copy of Final Fantasy 16 on his lap. It's yeah. just showing. <laughs> showing it out to everybody. And so, yeah, it was interesting to see, you know, how Xbox would respond to that because, you know, that is that's the case. They are a US based company. They don't have the same relationships with Japanese developers as Sony. And um, that was definitely a, a demand that, you know, their audience was starting to, you know, they're starting to. You know, bubble up a little bit more and more with each um, reveal of games that were coming, and so this was a shock to me in that it seems that Microsoft has gone out of their way to set up a strong relationship with Atlas. So it's like, if you got Square Enix, all right, well we're going to go after Atlas. And um, I will say with Persona Five, uh, I had never played any of the previous Personas. I had heard about them, and I finally I was like, ah, oh, you know what? I'm hearing a lot about this Persona Five game. I'm, I'm gonna hop in, give it a shot, and they just like stole 200 hours of my life just playing that game <laughs> maybe more and it was absolutely awesome i still remember the text man just like all right i gotta now i've, I've done all the day stuff so yeah. now it's nighttime i can go in the dutch <laughs> sending you pics of like the different personas like the the demon dig persona. <laughs> it was just it was it was insane i absolutely loved that the game. innuendo was over the top yeah um and it was you know it was also just uh, with Square Enix and Final Fantasy, they had taken this more uh, action RPG focus when they when it comes uh, approach when it comes to their games, and you know I just had like I was I was just had a lot of nostalgia for turn based action and Persona. They're still holding the torch for that and doing it right in you know a modern setting, um, and just has all the flair that you would love for that to carry that turn based action. So, anyways, 
now to see that Xbox has decided to set up a relationship with Atlas, it was absolutely awesome because we saw the Persona 3 Reload announced, which is basically Persona 3 Remake. Um, the game that I will focus on, which is Persona 5 Tactica. And then we even saw, what is it? Uh, what is it? Metaphor Re Fantasio. Oh, Metaphor Re Fantasio. <laughs> <laughs> which was, better uh, get used to it. Better get your practice in. It's going to yeah. be some discussion about that when it comes out. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, and it's from the creators of Persona 3, 4, and 5. Um, this one That's looks awesome. Uh, this one looks awesome in that it's, you know, Persona has, you know, it has a modern day setting with like fantasy infused into it. Um, and so it was great, but, you know, it's it's kind of that Persona setting. And so this seems to be more of a more traditional fantasy setting, which is um, a good, a good um, you know, a breath of fresh air when it comes to that franchise um and what they can do and it has everything that that looks like you would love from you know the persona games but the one i'm focusing on is persona 5 tactica because why not because if you love persona 5 you love persona 5 royal you love even your was it your your muzo <laughs> uh persona game where you're just hacking away at hordes of enemies um oh, and now Lord, dynasty boy yeah, <laughs> and now we have persona 5 tactica which is a persona 5 tactics game so i love it as i was saying to you we got if you're hungry for tactics games right now we got all types of them because we got persona tactics we got metal slug tactics we got triangle strategy we got mario tactics we, we got, got wasteland 3 yeah we got midnight sun tactics i mean you can go back play XCOM tactics um, you got jagged alliance 3 yeah you got jagged alliance 3 tactics you got cowboy tactics you got, <laughs> you got samurai tactics yeah it's insane it is absolutely awesome and now we're getting persona 5 uh, i'll read a little bit of what ijin had to say persona 5 tactica straight up a tactical jrpg yeah i don't think i've ever seen that yeah it's crazy uh it'll be available on xbox consoles pc and game pass on november 17th 2023 so that's that's kind of cool they announced this with basically what like a four-month window um and it'll be launching on game pass so that shows um a sign of that partnership it was announced shortly after persona 3 reload uh the much anticipated persona 3 remake uh let's see um i take back what i said i forgot about fire emblem oh yeah fire emblem <laughs> we got that too front mission yeah <laughs> yeah front mission remake remaster um Unlike Persona 5's turn-based combat, Persona 5 Tactica battles look to be much more strategy-focused, and we'll see players running characters around the battlefield, choosing how to attack various enemies and who you should strike the blow on, uh, deciding where they should be positioned. The trailer shows Joker running up to a foe, and he is given the option to either use a skill, Persona, or take aim with his gun. He chooses to use a skill and can choose between Aha and phantom judge arson then jumps out and does their thing so you see it's working in all the persona action into this tactics game uh you got your squad out there they're showing that you have the uh the group the group like they they formed a triangle and got off a group attack so that's still in the game so everything that you love from from persona now you know smashed into a tactics game and why not has a as they described a chibi art style so it's a little more cartoony um but has everything that you love from persona and i just love it we we, we got joker in smash brothers um 
they're just spreading the wealth with with Persona and really riding the wave. And you know, Persona Five was a game that uh, launched as a timed exclusive on PlayStation. So um, happy to see that Microsoft is looking to Atlas to you know bolster their JRPG lineup. And also cool to see that those games will be coming to Game Pass. Uh, did you have anything to comment on this this wave of Persona announcements? They do. I mean, I I thought it was awesome. Number one, because that's the company listening to the feedback and doing something to remedy it. Uh, I know people had stuff to say about Xbox's relationship with what is it, Sega or Sega and Atlas, like yeah, connected and so on. Yeah, so they I were saying like Sega's their publisher. Yeah, so everybody was saying this and that about Xbox's relationship with Sega, and now here you are, three Japanese games from Sega. Just like that. I also like how they peppered them out over the show instead of putting all three of them back to back like they would typically do. Mm. So I was like, oh, Atlas is back. Oh, Atlas is back. <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah. the that's the effect you want. They came out big with Fable. They they hit you with some other mm. some other heavy things. Then they sprinkled in the Atlas stuff. So I thought that was awesome. The tactics really does have my attention. Just because I love tactics and it's like a stylish JR. Baldur's Gate 3. I haven't seen. <laughs> yeah. Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> Damn. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, sorry, keep it going. Yeah, tactics. Tactics out here killing it. This has been the year of tactics. Mm. The gen of tactics, I should say. Or last gen, maybe. But yeah, moving on. Next game. Capcom. Coming out of Damn. nowhere with Damn. just the wildest craziness anyone has ever seen. They revealed a title known as Path of the Guys. So it's kind of hard to describe this one. At first, it looks like just the wildest horror you've ever seen. There was people talking on online about how, oh, at first I thought it was Onimusha coming back, which would have made sense. You know, it's... it. It's I don't know what that era is, but just like kind of the feudal medieval eras. I don't know. Is, is that China? Is that Japan? I don't know. But it's it's incredibly cultural and just the art style is off the wall. Very big on color. Uh, also, the way that they set up scenes is very intentional and deliberate. So it looks like an action game and the action takes place in a given area on the screen. So think like the old school um, star oceans where you just have that field, that that 2.5D field where you're moving in position, almost kind of like a beat em up style, but this one's fully 3D, you're running around. And it's sort of arranged like a play. And that's reinforced when you look at the character movements, how they're moving around and the, the flourish on the animations and, and the moves that you perform, it's very, performative in in that it looks like it looks like a play i'll tell you like i don't know if it's a, a no play or like definitely not kabuki i don't think kabuki's that expressive kabuki's way more dramatic but this it's i've never seen anything like this or presented in this way like it kind of reminds me of the feeling i got when i saw the game bound which was you know this 3d indie game where you play as this weird ballerina, like all your moves are ballet moves as you're navigating the world and trying to figure your way out. But with this one, it's just like you're cutting people with swords and cutting demons and stuff. You're turning people into into warriors and cleansing the darkness. 
open the gates. <laughs> it's great stuff. Hey, AMC, how did you feel when you got to look at Pat with the guys? Yeah, um, everything that you described as far as just the beauty of the game, like it immediately, yeah, as you said, uh, had the appeal from an aesthetic of, you know, uh, Okami, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, and then as you see the, so as you said, like it felt like you were playing a play, and what the thing that really got me was the uh, the camera angle because it's slightly up, a little out, so you're seeing the battlefield and you're just seeing the waves of your action as you're as you're navigating and getting off your attacks you're cutting through the the mist or whatever it was as he was running and you just see that like just that flow of i don't know it's just like the wave of impact and i don't know like just expression flowing from like as he's running along the map it was awesome and um yeah i feel like this is a game that you know yeah, if you if you if you do it right, you you pack a bowl, you turn yeah. out the lights, you get the headphones on, and you just let the you ride the wave, and it has a little bit of everything because it's like it's gonna be beautiful, but then you're gonna be in action. So it's as we discussed, it's sometimes you get scene painting, sometimes you get literal scene painting, and that's what I think this game absolutely represents. It's um, you know, I feel like I'm constantly just saying it's like we're in the renaissance of this, we're in the renaissance of that, but like yeah this like just as far as like japanese um like lore when it comes to you know samurais or even like not sure if this is more ninja oriented but um it's we're getting all of that from many different perspectives as far as like the realism of you know a ghost of tsushima to this um and then even to like a darker like uh a darker setting when it comes to like other games like neo like it's uh we're getting a little bit of everything and it's absolutely awesome from that perspective because they're not all you know paint by numbers uh this style of like <laughs> sword play like they all do their own thing in a way that makes them stand out but also pays homage and that's all you can want and so yeah this is just another game and also showing that like you know not that they're getting criticized but you could start to wonder it's like is 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 capcom you know are they just capitalizing on you know what they've done in the past with all these remakes even monster hunter what they've been building on with that um and to come out with a a brand new ip that just looks like it's going to be completely astonishing i i'm one it's awesome for capcom but two i am super pumped to see what this game becomes as we hear more from it because that's also a game that is completely going to be on my list uh cannot wait to play this one yes what else you got? Uh, this one's gonna be a quick one. This is a personal favorite of mine. Anytime you mention, <laughs> I already any, know where yeah. <laughs> Anytime you mention this franchise, you can bring it into something. I'm so pumped, and that is Sea of Thieves is getting a Monkey Island crossover because why not? They already had what um, Pirates of the Caribbean. You got your boy Captain Jack Sparrow, but now you got your boy Guybrush Threepwood. Also, you also get. Your boy LeChuck is in here too. They got everybody. They got the voodoo lady. They got the three <laughs> the, the three pirates who are always politicking inside the uh you know inside the the bar, whatever they call it, drinking their their grog. Uh it's awesome. Um, let's see what the IGN write-up. Match made in heaven, Monkey Island characters are coming to see if these the pirate crossover is a perfect fit as a trailer gives us a look at the classic monkey island characters in 3d the crossover is coming on july 20th so only a month away um so 
I mean, Sea of Thieves, one of those games that when it was first announced, people were just like, what is this? Who's going to be into this? And they just continue to update it. Just more and more content. People who are playing it seem to love it. So um, No let up in sight. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to see that, you know, like when people try to write off these, you know, live service games, that there's only room for one or two of them. And you see games like this and Grounded just continuing to thrive <laughs> um, and, you know, just money, clearly money being put into them. So Microsoft believes in them or if that player count was down enough, they wouldn't continue to find relationships to then do crossovers with um, when it comes to when it when it comes to trying to, you know, put new content into the game. So um, I'm just happy to see that Microsoft is still supporting it. I don't expect you to have anything to say, but do you have any opinions about this before we move on? Absolutely none. It's right. cool. Yeah. If people like Sea of Thieves, give them more Sea of Thieves content. Monkey Island gets to continue living on in bigger and better ways. So <laughs> it's a win for everybody. Yeah. What else you got, Adele? Still, I have, I guess I'll just hit them with, with one of the big ones. NXL's finally revealed their first-person action RPG, Clockwork Revolution. So this game looks very reminiscent of of like Bioshock, more more appropriately Infinite, and you know it's got the whole steampunk thing going off, and this woman is. Uh, I believe her name is Miss Ironwood, and she's going on about how she built this. You can't take this from her. If you try, she'll come and get you. Nothing can stop her. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, this would be crazy if we could play as her. I, I hope that we like somebody crosses us and we have to come out, come out the spot and chase them down. Look, uh, I don't know exactly who the main character is, but you got some pretty wild weapons. You got some abilities going on. Looks like you can control time. There's a scene in the is a scene in the trailer where this whole bridge comes down and the character puts their hand out and the bridge goes back up. So we can see what's going on there. Uh time will come into play in a much bigger way as you know, decisions that you make in the past can affect the future. So you could take a once bustling location and turn it into absolute squalor if you're not careful. Yeah, and it's got a lot going on. Looks like it's heavy on the story. IGN writes, the main show ended with a look at Clockwork Revolution, a new game from In Exile, coming in due time. It appears to be a first-person shooter with a steampunk theme, and there were hints of time manipulation mechanics. It's coming to Game Pass on day one. <laughs> Just got to let you know. But yeah, AMC, how did you feel about Clockwork Revolution? Yeah, it looked really cool. I'm interested to see how the... Uh the time mechanics work into this game. Um, uh, I'm interested in the world. I'm like, I'm like hit or miss with steampunk, but it was kind of cool. Like seeing the guy like steampunk has always been kind of this thing where it's functional, but then, you know, sometimes it can get excessive <laughs> and you literally see the guy walking on, was it like the treadmill that's moving through the yeah, world? <laughs> the, red, the red carpet. Yeah. It is just, it just this idea of like, you know, um, like, playing with god like uh or playing god like in that like i can just make anything look at this uh, like it's like yeah. just meaningless but you're just trying to show excess and like you know it's it captures the imagination while also just being a little ridiculous and it's it was kind of fun and the action looked awesome i yeah as i said i'm interested with this time mechanic how it's going to come into play and you know it just looks like what it represents to me too is um what's cool is in this showcase, it wasn't a lot of like, hey, let's show them old Xbox. It's 
they're showing what we get from when we acquired these different studios. And so we're getting a lot of new games, which is very cool. And so this one being uh, no different from the others, just has something fresh to it. And yeah, I'm excited to to see more once we get more of a, you know, a, an info slash game blowout. But what they showed us here was very interesting and awesome. Indeed. Okay. Let's, uh, you know, let's get right into a big one. We'll roll two into one. That being, uh, we got a, a cinematic trailer for what Ubisoft slash Massive I've yes. been working on in their Star Fine. Wars game. Um, this being Star Wars Outlaws. We're going to roll it in together because Xbox had had the story trailer or the tone trailer and Ubisoft had the gameplay trailer. Oh, man. I'm so glad they did it like that. Yeah, it was great. Uh, let's see. So at Microsoft Xbox Game Showcase today, we first saw Star Wars Outlaws, a new open world narrative driven game by massive entertainment developers of tom clancy's the division one and two um yeah there's just so much so we got an idea of what's going to go on with the character so as you can see by the title outlaws you're very much a you know a scoundrel style character very reminiscent of han solo but you're, you're female han solo i guess um you got they they immediately introduce you you got your com your companion with you that's going to be traveling with you through the world um we'll just jump right to the ubisoft gameplay showcase because that's where you really get into the nitty-gritty of what the the moment-to-moment -moment action of the game is going to be like and you know you start out in this facility you're doing your stealth, moving around, and things start picking up. Things get heated, and next thing you know, like you, they show the they show the blaster action, and immediately the first oh. thing I say to Dub was just like, "Oh, this was the this is what people wanted in that Star Wars game that got canceled by EA, and you know, ruined Amy Hennig's life and." Uh, maybe like ready yeah they wanted their single player narrative driven star wars <laughs> yeah. and ubisoft gave it to them yeah there's a lot of speculation that this is going to be a live service game uh yada yada um i was wondering if it was going to be a mandalorian game no they went with outlaw and i'm happy with what they did because i'm enjoying the character so we saw the blaster action the character sitting there uh using that that tried and true division cover system to get the to get the layout of the action we saw them send out the companion to handle some business uh to to take some actions um we saw the cover fire as like the enemies were below um and, and next thing you know they they make that smooth getaway they hop out hop onto the land speeder they zoom it off into the world going off to the next settlement as i go into the next settlement you're seeing other characters which is very cool because it just feels like a very lived in open world as you're seeing other characters move about it's very west western style setting uh of star wars um you get to the areas you go into the cantina they show it a moment to moment action where you're then in uh what is it uh you could describe it better but like you're at a table you're i guess you're handling you're doing your rebel style negotiations <laughs> and so you can choose to be how aggressive you want to be when it comes to that um and that's great that you get your options of how you want to do that and yeah, there's just so much in this game i mean do you want to talk about it too adub i know you you were you're the one that texted me when you're like this has this could be it <laughs> for next year when it comes to you know game of the year so tell me what you saw that like caught your attention it was like the first thing that really caught me by surprise is just the overall look of it. Like it's as highly detailed and and 
has that lived in quality to it that you'd expect not only from a Star Wars film, but just from a high quality game in 2023, 2024. So it's it's got the look down. It's got the animations down. I mean, you're you're looking at something that looks like Naughty Dog made it, but it's Ubisoft and it's Star Wars. It's like, what is happening here? Uh, you find out that it's open world. So it, there's a much broader or more numerous amount of places to go with it and to see this game doing its thing. I mean, it's it's got all the systems there. It like it's an open world Star Wars game. And granted, Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor were, you know, pretty much open world Star Wars games, but this is more in line with a traditional open world game, but done not only with that Star Wars content, but also with with a keen eye for detail and like a mind for for creativity and innovation where you have the staples of the open world gaming experience but they're just doused in this heavy pour of star wars style and, and polish like when the wanted when the wanted thing comes up yes there's a wanted level if you you're pissing off the you pissing off the empire they're gonna come after you so yeah there's the like the whole screen flashes red with wanted you know cut out you know in it and it's, you start you get moving people start chasing you, you you're getting on the speeder bikes first game i'm seeing like pod racing was cool but i've always wanted i've always wondered how could anybody capture the feel of being on a speeder bike in in star wars and with massive they figured out how to do it it's like the the HUD is very minimal and also very subtle, so you can really enjoy what's going on on the screen. Everywhere you look, detail, beautiful, just it's believable. You got your homie, like you said, you got the tried and true division cover system. But instead of you like looking for the route to get to different cover, it's you looking for like, all right, where can I send my little homie to kind of, you know, move things in my favor a little bit <laughs> you know she hits the button the the object moves she jumps on it she moves to a different level she's sneaking around she gets spotted there's a hold up she she quick draws the blaster lays your boy out and just the the utter violence and like the energy of that blaster is about the most accurate portrayal in a video game i've ever seen because in star wars when they're hit like those blasters kick. It's like it's a Western, but with lasers. And with Ubisoft Massive, once she pulled out that blaster, she blasted that dude. I was like, oh my God, I think they did it. <laughs> I think they figured it out. Yeah, it's everything's right, man. It's as much as I love Survivor and Fallen Order. What's going on with Outlaws is is unbelievable. Even they've even included being able to get in the ship and go into space. The the one thing everybody wanted from Starfield, and that, that's the that's why it's not gonna be as good as it could have been, AMC. <laughs> but yeah, man. It you go from the ground to space and back again. There's debris in space. The Empire's up there. They're trying to, you know, police the area. They're chasing you through it. It's a they have fully encapsulated a Star Wars film 
in a video game format. And they did so without leaning on the Force, the Skywalkers, the Jedi, and all this and that. It's just a straight-up scoundrel story. And that's by far the one thing I've wanted from the Star Wars license for a very long time. And I'm glad Massive Massive could have easily gotten away with just skinning the Division 2 with Star Wars, calling it a day raking in the money out about it loved it invented it all of it but with with outlaws like massive is about to be on the map dude i'm extremely excited for outlaws in my personal opinion it is front runner for game of the year 2024 already so that that's the mark to be whatever game is coming out in 2024 is getting game of the year it needs to look and be as good or better as outlaws or mm-hmm. I, I i will never acknowledge it <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yes. uh okay uh it's 12 it's 225 you know we're we're bumping up against your heart out do you want to just yeah. get right no, we, to we, can keep, we can keep going we can push it to 245 i can just take a short shower okay because we could get right to it if you want to get to it <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Well, we we got some other people that want to get to it. <laughs> <laughs> we got troll of the week, 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 So, of course, coming sideways at the Xbox Game Showcase and Starfield Direct for some odd reason. Who knows? I thought they did a pretty good job. AMC. Uh, I thought they did an incredible job. Um as far as the expectations, as far as this could be the death nail <laughs> to, to Xbox. <laughs> so <laughs> funny. If they don't show up right. I mean, year 2020, like, we already know the end of the year is going to be amazing. But we just learned that, you know, I'm okay with them not giving firm dates just because you don't want to, you don't want to set up, set yourself up for failure again. So a lot of it was like 2024 nothing else <laughs> that's yeah. the window is the entire year but you at least know if these games hit 2024 xbox microsoft owner uh, xbox owners will be eating comfortably next year so i thought from that perspective you give me a couple games that i would consider buying then you're doing the, the right job and they did that and then some so yeah no no issues here from my standpoint well from the virtual standpoint <laughs> Absolute dumpster fire of a show. <laughs> PlayStation wiped the floor with Xbox hands down. <laughs> Put your hands down. <laughs> Next troll says, "Wow, every show this summer has been pretty underwhelming. Uh, even the the summer games fest, every, especially summer games." <laughs> <laughs> Next show says they brought back the constant cringy world premiere. Shout outs each trailer. Boo. <laughs> Next show says RIP Sony Game Pass Supremacy. Supremacy. Next show says, wow, that's it. What have they been doing for the last five years? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Next show says Xbox is home to cartoonish graphics. Uh. <laughs> Man, I like cartoonish graphics. They they age a lot better than realistic graphics or just straight up polygons, just triangles and and vocals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Next troll says shame. No knockouts. 
Uh, they went to the, they now what? Get, they give Sonya the knockout blow. No. Now what? <laughs> Next show says, I thought this was meant to be better than Sony's show. Uh, that's either that's either a, movie trailers. Uh. That's either a big compliment to Sony's show or a big insult to the Microsoft show. Yeah. <laughs> or both somehow. I mean, that's where we are these days, where everything is all and nothing at once. Oh, let me see now. Next show says, wow. <laughs> no. <laughs> Everybody it, said, it, wow. it, was a, it was a sarcastic wow. <laughs> Just wow. <laughs> uh, next show says, as my wife said to me the first time we had sex, is that it? Yeah. <laughs> that, that dig it at herself while dig it at Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. Next show says, so Forza and Starfield in 2023. That was an average show, Xbox. Sony basically handed them the plate, and they didn't show anything that made me go, wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Everybody wowing. What is this? They pick a word. They get together on 4chan. They yeah. figure out how they're going to troll. Last troll says, this was a Starfield showcase with an Xbox pre-show. Yeah, uh, they were they were the they were the advertiser for what would be the main course, I would say. Oh my god. <laughs> it's gonna hey, be a buffet yeah, of a main course, eh, dude? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna never I'm gonna never leave. Showing up at the golden crowd, no belt on and sweatpants, ready to just eat. <laughs> With a pillow and a laptop. Yeah. <laughs> be here for a while. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, Microsoft. Absolutely killed it with that showcase, in my opinion. It definitely exceeded my expectations. Granted, I didn't come in expecting anything, as I seldom do, because what's the point of that? Uh, yeah, they I, they were able to go above and beyond and just show title after title looking good. I mean, they showed avowed gameplay, even though that wasn't particularly appealing to me. Mm -hmm. It's still coming along. Obsidian making these things. Uh, I saw what looked like a more unified level of polish and presentation when it comes to the Microsoft first party titles. Like they, it looks like the characters are lit and like processed in a certain way across all their titles. So that was very interesting to see. Uh, like seeing the whole Atlas support that's been going down. Like to see that, you know, Xbox isn't sitting there. You know, crying <laughs> because they because they had a misstep. They're back there working, putting things together, and just continuing to try to earn your business. And I think they did a very great job earning people's business. AMC, how do you feel about what these trolls have to say and what Microsoft had to show for? I would say that they're all silly. They all are in their camps. They don't know. They don't know how to handle themselves because they don't know what to do when you know. When somebody goes against, goes counter narrative, changes their ways. Like it's, once somebody's bad, people just assume they're always bad. There's once a good girl's gone bad, she's well, gone bad. bad. She's gone forever. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm gonna make these. I gotta come. live what I did that girl wrong forever. <laughs> uh, yeah, some people just they thought Microsoft could never figure it out. They could never get there. They got all these studios, but they got nothing to offer. Um, and now we're starting to see it 
we got looks like based on the amount of what was great is what i would say is this is you know they had their first party exclusives which is more than more than what i was expecting which is absolutely awesome but then on top of that they had their third party relationships and usually you know I, I thought it was unfairly but you know sony when they had their showcase people were just like oh these third party games what does it matter what does it matter um whereas you know there is a way to flip that for microsoft in that it's a third party game but they can always put that day one on game pass and so yeah. once that shows up and that makes it better because i could play it for free yeah and it's it's kind of like the play it's a different playbook but it's the playbook of you know the timed exclusive that you know like sony would get like with like certain games it's like you know we didn't make this game but we got that timed exclusivity and so people are like well now it's a sony game mm-hmm. and so when you stamp on that day one game pass it becomes now considered a Microsoft game. Uh, and so they were able to, you know, flip those third-party relationships into this is something that's specific to our brand. Uh, and so because of that, it just gave it more of a feel of like all these exclusives that we're going to be able to, to play on on our Xbox. Uh, and so from that perspective, I thought that it was a great presentation. Even people were like, oh, what is this world premiere bullshit and bringing this back? Um, I thought presentation-wise, they did a great job um uh just showcasing what you can expect on their platform and obviously putting games first is the thing that you want to do and you know they they had a little mixture of single player and live service and multiplayer but like um you know it just felt it felt like uh they were appealing to the quote-unquote hardcore gamer and as you said and as we were talking about with atlas showing signs that they're listening to their their audience and that's what's i think most important from you know from any developers or um console makers perspective is how in touch are you with your audience that you can give them what they want while also surprising them with things that they didn't expect and i thought that that's what microsoft was able to do really well with this showcase and yeah just very happy to see you know capcom showing up day one on game pass with what looks to be a very phenomenal game um and so it's not just atlas just really putting that foot forward to you know to make relationships to bridge that gap with them in japan and now they've done that it just seems like a more full console and uh yeah they did everything right and chose all the right games to showcase and i was super happy and this isn't even getting to the biggest thing to come out of you know that day but just from a pure xbox (laughs) standpoint um good on you good job way to way to save face and you know just right all the wrongs that you know had been building up from you know just the past year but let's get to it a dub i'm just gonna step aside because you're gonna be the one going you know all out with this i'm going to be the one on the sideline i am going to schedule that day maybe i'll give you a week in september to to play starfield but i am i have to come through for this one since i definitely cannot play it and i want to see it in person oh you want to see it in person oh man we're gonna have an exhibition yeah so i might i might come by bring some gummies post up on the couch (laughs) and just like straight up haribo gummies like you always (laughs) (laughs) i wonder if haribo has has gone into you know going into that side of the uh you know the the wellness side of gummies <laughs> uh, maybe maybe you identify an unmet market <laughs> yeah and so yeah um 
Yeah, I, I cannot wait, but I'm going to stand aside and let you just talk about what we saw when you know when Todd Howard decided to go into God Howard mode after the expansion case. First of all, what how, the way in which it was presented <laughs> to us this this isn't Todd Howard on stage. This yeah. isn't Todd Howard who needs the security of an additional layer, typically leather. This was Todd Howard with home court advantage. This was Todd Howard with his family and his team behind him. This is Todd Howard with his awards, just chilling on the side, glistening. This is Todd Howard, <laughs> fully comfortable, knows all the ins and outs, knows where everything's coming from, where it's going, where all the exits are, where you're going to be. <laughs> this is Todd Howard at his best. Todd, like it, Todd was Todd was like, Pete, stay home. I got this. <laughs> <laughs> Pete's in the break room. <laughs> but yeah, like this, it, there there was a there was a calm, there was a there was a peace, there was a there was a level of mastery that was unlike any other Bethesda presentation I've ever seen in my life. So I just have to make sure that that is documented. <laughs> People talk about this, but yeah, it it even got to a point where it was like, let let me sit you down, little homie. Let me tell you a little more about what's going. <laughs> Todd Howard was all <laughs> over the place with his team. Everybody was just so enthusiastic and knowledgeable about the product experience with all the different things it could do. But yes, that product being Starfield. Oh man, been waiting for this direct for so long and we just got 45 minutes of uncut info dump accompanied by footage. Uh, we got we got answers to the big questions. It's going to be 4K 30 on Series X, 1440p 30 on Series S, so no 60 frames. They say that they're going to have it at a lock 30. They're doing this because they want to maintain the level of fidelity and presentation that you get at that frame rate. And, you know, people are making a good case for it across the Internet. Digital Foundry weighed in about it, so you can go check out that video and, you know, just... Be a part of the conversation, be informed. However, then we get into the game itself. Yeah, it, it's it's just phenomenal. I've been watching this direct every day since it came out. You know, they open up, of course, it's showing you this this sprawling vista of what looks like a, a mostly untouched planet. As you, you pan in the camera, you see in the scenery, you see another planet in the background, and it's the enormity and the scale of the title are immediate and apparent at all times. You know, they, they talk about all the technical aspects of like, you know, how they, how they create the content, create the planets. They're talking about, you know, how they can, how they have all these systems that interact with each other. But when they really get down to the nitty of the grit, what's going on is they've improved the combat system. And you can see that immediately in the videos. So, the shooting and the moving of the character much tighter, much more precise and accurate looks equally as good in third person as it does in first person. So we don't have to worry about that disparity there. Um, see, they, they have new animation system where they're talking about, we're going to have those 1000 worlds that we're going to explore and how the system's going to operate. But there's like, there's the things that they told us, at the direct, then there's what they showed us. And there's just information you can infer from what's on the screen. So, you know, they have the planets. You're going to be able to pick a spot where you land. It's going to 
you know, stitch together an area and start putting content in it, you know, handcrafted stuff, procedurally generated stuff. So keep it interesting for the player, give you things to do, reward you for exploring. But when you look at the planet itself, you notice like, oh, this is like desert area and this has green, like it's trees or grass and oh, the planet has ice caps. That's interesting. So and like there's going to be different biomes on the different planets according to like their distance from the star and what it's made up of and it's oh, su such good stuff and like yeah they they improve the combat there's going to be a wide bevy of weapons and modifications there's going to be a lot of agency for the player to craft and create the things that they feel represent them and that allow them to express themselves and you're going to have all that kind of stuff. you got your ships. Not only do you have a ship, you can get more ships. You can have a fleet. Somebody did a, a little close-up on one of the screens and saw that at least at some point in the game, you have you have a fleet of like nine ships or you can have up to nine ships. Uh, ships are customizable and you can, you can fit them with all different kinds of parts, change up all paint you could make them shape like animals like a uh, producer jamie mallory does you could make them shape like mechs <laughs> amc was a big fan of the of the gundam looking optimus prime <laughs> it doesn't move at all it's just like a flying pinata <laughs> full of weapons <laughs> weapons and storage give me his stuff but yeah man starfield there there's just so much going on like amc what what are some aspects of the game that stood out to you that it, that have just done it for you? Because I could go on forever talking about the minutiae of the video and basically just recapping that 45 minutes. But if we, if, I feel like we should get a bit more pointed. Yeah, I mean, oh, God, there's so much going on. Um, so much. Yeah, one, just the the idea. And, like, you know, they said, like, you know, you, you can go inside your ship, but the fact that... You're building the ship however you want, and like it reflects on the inside of the ship is pretty awesome. Like they're showing yeah. like how you can display it, so it's like it's everything that you loved about the Normandy, except you build in the Normandy, <laughs> and you got your piece you got your, by piece. Yeah, you got your crew, and it's not just a uh, you know let's just Frankenstein this and it works. It's like you see like how it's impacting like we're all like the uh you know the different systems within it because like they were showing like the i guess the energy levels with each part and so you can impact that um yeah what i loved is that like the detail in the ship mechanics of it which like you know building the ship but then in space the dog fighting looked great seeing that like as you do things you're inputting that into the cockpit um so they got all the ship parts exactly right and then you know being that you can go it however you want, like you can you can dock other ships and do a hostile takeover. You can just shoot them, get that mm -hmm. loot, um, get that ship. Yeah, as you as you um, as you want to do like the uh, you know the the jump, like it's depending on like your engines, it uh, determines how long that period that warm up period is before you can blast off. So like you could be in a dogfight, just getting overwhelmed, and you're like, I'm about to get the fuck out of here. But you got like yeah. eight seconds as that timer is going down. You're just like ah, 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 taking shots, trying to survive it, and putting but, that power in the engines in the yeah. grab drive. 
and just like the moment to moment action as you're in space like you could be in like you know just fighting a couple pirates or you could just run into a fleet and then you're just overwhelmed and Adele said he's taking on all that fleet <laughs> if, if it's up to him I'm taking like, everybody down yeah can, lean them right into the asteroid field I will be the only one to reemerge <laughs> yeah um loved all that um loved the action you know uh like curious to see because you know we we know, I guess, the shooting from Fallout, but that's about it. Um, and so to see this action, like it, I love that it had like the, um, you know, it's space. And so it had the floatiness that you would love and expect from, say, like a, a Destiny, but it's, you know, it's uh, Starfield. And so you're, you're jetpacking in the air, you're shooting enemies as you're floating up above them. Um, the the different style of weapons that you can get even the the fact that you can choose like i'm gonna go i'm gonna go melee uh you know what i'm gonna go heavy weapons uh i'm gonna go like hand like a uh, weapons melee <laughs> so get like the dagger run with an axe yes poke him in the shoulder tenderize that up. meat <laughs> tenderize that ass um the fact that they, it really does feel like it's you know it's it's bethesda and that you can it's bethesda in space so like it has that immersive sim aspect to it where one not only can you do whatever you want but you can collect whatever you want it's like one of the characters just had a a stack of sandwiches because they said they like to go board other ships clear them out still steal their food and then just you know set up like uh an eating area within their within their uh ship and it's just all the food piled up to, to consume when they're ready um and all of that like it's it's fun it's uh it's very not gonna say unique because it it just seems like a culmination of everything that Bethesda has done well up until this point and now infused into this. They even had the settlements and that part looked interesting. Um, uh -huh. How you're going to be able to get your resources. Yeah. Just finding the right piece of real estate. Like this is a good place to set up shop <laughs> <laughs> out here in the middle of nowhere. It, it, like it, it just, it just doesn't stop with any mechanic because for everything they told us, there's stuff they haven't told us like the outpost, you can mine resources. You can figure out what is on the planet with the plants and the animals and figure out, oh, if I, if I do this, I can make this. And then you can create contraband. And, you know, you got to smuggle that in on certain planets, which makes you think that, hey, maybe there are planets you don't have to smuggle it in on. Maybe you could set yourself up a little, a little, like, what is it, a little Silk Road? <laughs> you know, where you're just where you're just funneling all your contraband. Um, there was another note that somebody had had noticed in the game where it says something about you being able to set up your own business. So we don't know what necessarily that means. However, I'm, I'm keeping my silver plans <laughs> firmly <laughs> intact because, man, it's it just keeps going. Like They very easily could have gotten away with, okay, you go in space, you fight some stuff in space, then you jump to another planet, you fight some stuff in space, you land, you fight some stuff. But like you go into space and there's stuff to fight and you can blow it up, salvage it. You can board, take it for yourself, add it to your fleet. There are people just passing by with a kind word. There are folks that you can trade with, folks that you can then 
pirate their goods and their ships from from all of them. Like you can instigate conflict. You, you know, there might be side quests. You you might find little colonies or huge battleships and fleets. Well, I don't know about huge fleets, but but small fleet of battleships. But you can find that there's there's like shipyards in space. Um, you can you can even explore derelict ships. Like that was the one thing where as soon as they said that, I was like. Boom, done. You don't have to do nothing else for me. <laughs> Derelict ships, just roaming through an asteroid, and you, you see that that silhouette just emerge from behind a big asteroid. Like, oh snap, it's a ship out here. <laughs> so check that out. Ah, the spider something. Get back inside. Oh, that dark. Can you imagine how dark it might get? Might have to cut on the flashlight. Zero G creatures inside. Oh my goodness. If they give me that at least once, I'll be thoroughly pleased with everything that Starfield was able to do. I mean, it's it's a it's a science fiction dream come true, man. You you still have all the tried and true, but that's the systems. You're gonna have your perks, and now your perks have ranks that you unlock with your skill points, but then you also have to perform a challenge to earn the rank you just unlocked. So it's it's kind of a it's kind of an iteration on the system they had before, like in Skyrim, where you know you slash your sword and you get warrior points and then you you shoot your arrow and you get archer points and people were abusing the hell out of that system. But in this one, like you unlock it, you do it like you're not just gonna be unlocking things just for playing. Like you have to set it up where it's like, okay, I'm working on this. And then that's when you unlock it. So you just won't be OP and everything and the game will balance around a bunch of stats you didn't plan on leveling up. <laughs> I remember that being a problem. But and like everything just has this this like crisp, clean level of polish and presentation on it. Like even the menu where you're looking at your character and your equipment and everything that's available to you at the time, it, it doesn't even look real to me. <laughs> it looks like something that's out of a television show pretending to be a video game it's like but it's real <laughs> and all it means it doesn't look like they've they've done much to fix how we navigate through the inventory except it looks like equipment is filtered by type now which you know will eliminate some of the oh, let me go through this list of armor let me go through this list of guns <laughs> oh man i'm extremely excited you know they they show tons of planets they showed how they're going to put the content in procedurally. They showed some of the story beats and they showed off the characters who also have talents and skills that, that, that can be applied to either manning your shit or running your outposts. And, you know, they showed off the traits that you could pick for your character, like the, what is it, the hero worshiper or something like that, or the adoring fan who <laughs> <laughs> just follows you around and, gives you gifts and stuff, but you got to deal with all their dialogue. And <laughs> uh, my personal favorite being kid stuff where you send back um, a portion of your money to your parents and you can go visit them. So I, and oh my goodness. And it just makes me think like, did they add layers to these traits where these kind of stories and things evolve and depend on certain inputs? Like what if, what if you're not really into the economy of the game? So you're not sending a lot of money back to your parents. So say they start like turning to crime 
<laughs> you eventually run into them <laughs> out there on like a bounty hunt. It's like, what are you guys doing? You didn't give us enough money. <laughs> I had to do something. Father's got to replace with him. Uh, man. Or, or something where like, you're just killing it with the economy. You start balling and your parents start getting greedy. So they start like doing stuff behind your back to capitalize on your image <laughs> or like start stealing from you. <laughs> you got to confront them. I just, I, I really hope that they've added layers and nuance to that kind of thing. But I think there's just so much you could do with Starfield. There's, there's of course, creatures on the planets that look beautifully exotic. And you can figure out, like, what kind of environments stuff might be in. You'd be a beast hunter. <laughs> All kinds of stuff. Like, AMC, you got to hit me with, with some more of what you, what you enjoyed about this. Because it's... I'm still trying to wrap my head around everything while still discovering little details while watching the direct repeatedly. <laughs> what else stood out to you? Oh my gosh. Um, I'm trying to think. Cause like you hit a lot of it. Like it's obviously like the skill tree is great. Um, everything that you love to expect. And yeah, as you said, like it's that, that humor that you come to expect from their games with the, uh, the fan. And like, I tell like, it, it, it like, you can see they say like there's upsides and downsides to certain traits that you choose and seeing how like you know the um one how your backstory will come into play but yeah the, the downside with the fad is like he's like i love you like no. i, I want to follow you and then it's like i want to breathe in every molecule of you <laughs> it gets like dark <laughs> and so it's like you, you get you get the stands in the game like i just want to i just want my name on the starter cap <laughs> like you get that dude coming after you the entire yes. game and you can, and then even it got to a point where it's like, and you can also put a bullet in the back of their head if they bother you enough, <laughs> like like old ELR style, take them off to a barren planet and and, and drop them off in the crater. Yeah. Um, Look so at you the can, flowers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it has a little bit of everything going with that. But then, yeah, like how, you know, with your backstory, I don't know if you mentioned this, um, but like how that will come into play with different NPCs you run into in the world or you'll be talking to a random person and they'll be like, oh, like you're you're this. Oh, I was looking for somebody who could like handle this for me. Uh, and then you'll just suddenly get a mission because of like the path that you chose leading I up to that stuff. interaction with the NPCs. So um, like you're straight up playing a role within the role you're playing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and uh it, it's just cool also like just all the factions because I was curious when they first announced it, you know, like everybody's, you know, dream, what dream is like, oh, like Mass Effect, all the alien races. And when they first like really started getting into details with their uh their di developer diaries with uh Starfield, they were saying that, you know, it's gonna be more human focused. And so there was a little bit of like, okay, well, what does that mean? This is interesting. We're in space, but we're not running into a bunch of aliens. But I like that there's so many factions that it does feel like, you know. It's what you would see with the different aliens, like um, in Mass Effect, is each alien actually just represented its own style of faction, and they worked in you know the that genetics, yeah, the genetics of that alien into that faction. Whereas this one, it's just sort of just different human factions. So you can it's just showcasing all the different routes that you can choose to coincide with, and that you're going to be brushing up against. Where they showed all the different established factions, and then you have the outlaw factions and what they're all what they're all about and what they're representing. And then obviously the way that they ended it, that they didn't go into detail with, um, that I'm assuming is the case is, you know, something that we loved with Mass Effect was the whole biotics and how you could use um, telekinesis and work that into your moves. And of not, not something you expect in a lot of like Bethesda games um, outside of like Skyrim when it comes to like fantasy and magic. 
but we see the character all of a sudden just lift up everybody in the room that they are fighting against and now they're just floating and you know you could probably just start taking them all out one by one as they're poking holes in their suits yeah as they're suspended (laughs) so um seeing that and obviously that was something that they held off on because you know they don't want to show you the op build right out the gate when it comes to that but the so that that little bit of mystery and how that's going to come into play like i enjoyed how they handled the shouts in skyrim um and now to see that uh, like a version of those special abilities coming to starfield and inevitably i'm i'm assuming coming into play with the artifacts and things that you're going to be bumping up against that define your character and your motivations um that's going to be super interesting and even like how they're able to bring back you know vats but in the form of you know starship battles and how you're going to focus on certain aspects certain like i guess vulnerable or key points of the other vessels to render them useless as you're in the middle of a battle um that was shields disable engines (laughs) board profit yeah it's like you're getting your taste of you know uh what is it ftl in in starfield as you get your ship battle you you enter the ship you go up against certain enemies and i was saying like what will be interesting too is that like you know you'll be getting into a battle with a ship you might be getting the upper hand you might be like oh this punk ass little ship like i'm gonna now go inside and take advantage of this before like i destroy it you hop in and you might run into a super powered up enemy that's you know piloting that ship and next thing you know you have a battle on your hands <laughs> as you're in zero g <laughs> yeah in zero g and so that like brings its own thing and also like how they uh intentionally worked in a lot of the aspects of as you mentioned zero g into the combat where if you're using a gun it has you know that propulsion um ballistic style of um you know from the gun um, kickback. yeah and so you got kickback so you're as if you shoot a gun you're going to be knocking yourself backwards whereas if you use the energy weapons then you get um a more fluid style of combat aerially or in zero g um and so how that can come in play into the physics of the battle um that was cool just those little details that's why like you know when people say they're gonna give them a pass i say it's not really a pass but it's these games that choose to be exceptions because they are exceptional and like you look at tears of the kingdom people are like well this game is 30 frames per second it's on the switch but it's like but look what you're able to do mm-hmm. and that's what i think about with starfield it's like well this is going to be locked at 30 frames i don't know yada yada, yada. and it's like but look at what you're going to be able to do when you play this and game. look at how it looks yeah and yeah it still looks absolutely beautiful and phenomenal like it's not like the game looks like trash and yeah. yeah, you can you can do a million things. It's like the game looks awesome, and yeah, it just happens to be thirty frames per second, and hopefully locked at thirty frames per second. Um, but yeah, so I I I can't say anything more. It is uh, getting kind of late, so I don't want to keep you waiting. But uh, anything else that you would want to say? I guess closing out with like Starfield. <laughs> I I try to tell people. I've been saying it the whole time. <laughs> If any game, first of all, when I thought it was coming out in 2023, it was like, it doesn't matter if it gets delayed, whatever year it comes out in Starfield's game of the year. And it got it got pushed to 2023. Uh, it, it was supposed to come out last year. And then, yeah, then it got pushed. Everybody's like, oh, Tears of the Kingdom, Tears of the Kingdom. So I waited. I gave it some time. Just let them have their moment. But then that Starfield direct happened. <laughs> and now that moment is 
over. I'm telling you, if if this has a smooth launch and just sticks to that locked frame rate, oh man, I hope it works out for me. But if they hit those, and once reviewers have that shit in their hands, like everybody's gonna forget about Zelda. I think like Starfield, if the upset's coming, it's Starfield. Hands down. That's my money game of the year 2023. I'm looking forward to getting more information. Also looking forward to getting that constellation edition with the watch and case <laughs> and a steel book with the digital copy of the game because that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even discuss the watch. I mean, just so much. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it, there's there's a lot going on, but you know, we have more time to talk about it in the future. You know, sorry, yeah. I gotta cut it short. But it's Father's Day. And I gotta make sure my father you know, understands that. <laughs> I guess that's what you gotta do on Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, AMC. Yes, sir. Thank you. And uh yeah, enjoy enjoy the rest of your day. Um control issues. I am AMC.